0: I
1: ain't ever, gonna I ain't ever going to, go. to stop listening to Knee on Belly Podcast. <noise> Here oh, yeah. we yeah. go um, 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 mm. again. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts and Nate,
0: John, Brandon.
2: That seemed like it took a little long, that was weird. And boys, <laughs> we're ready to the drop. I hate that.
1: Well, the, now we have that extra couple seconds with I the drop, man. So.
2: Boys, today we are going to give our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC fight night, which will be headlined by Roman Dolizze versus Nazardine Imabov, and then John is going to pit me and Brandon in a showdown, showdown of of the Titans. Little UFC Fighter Edition of Two Truths and a Lie. Yes, sir. Women's MMA Edition.
1: It's going to be so fun.
2: (laughs) Just for Brandon. It's going
1: to be so fun.
2: And finally, it's not women's (laughs) MMA Edition. Just kidding. All the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 168 of the Neon Belly Podcast. Um, or as I'm sure most of you know, some people calling it the uh, numbers in a week or hours, the number of hours in a week episode of mm. the Neon Belly Podcast. Mm.
1: Seems like it'd be more,
2: but yeah, it does. It feels like <laughs> a lot more than that some weeks, I will say. Uh, but that is neither here nor there. We're just glad you're listening. How are we doing, boys? Episode 168.
0: Doing really well. Like, uh, that's a fun fact. Like the 168 hours in a week. That's something that'll never leave my mind now. Like You'll, that's <laughs> I'm gonna that's gonna carry <laughs> on with me, yeah. and I'm gonna use it. For like future talk, like talks with other people, like that's 100, and I'm gonna use that. Oh yeah, you can i use know. it for motivation. You have
2: 168 hours. Yeah, like yeah. Just, well, I say, like in what context are you gonna
0: use? Yeah, that? Well, pretty much like that. Like, how many of those hours do you think you guys spend sleeping? Mm. 168 in a week. Well,
2: right now, not many of those for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about 35.
0: Yeah,
1: 35. I get about seven hours mm. for the most part. That's that's crazy.
2: I wish right now. Mm. That that would be nice. Um, I think off top, boys, we need to lead with uh, Gaha's very own Geyurit, yes sir. Uh, capturing his second amateur featherweight, Indiana amateur featherweight two title, time, two times, yeah, two different promotions, um, beating the number one ranked uh featherweight in the state number two ranked in the midwest Mm -hmm. uh so that's a that's a pretty big win for kokomo's very own gabe Urit. uh looked really good got it done rear naked choke in the first round um looked really good on the feet and then man when he wanted to level change that was a whoop really nice little double leg um and then yeah just got straight to the back and Mm -hmm. it was pretty much over quick quick fight
0: well, I'll go, t- go I ahead. actually. So I rolled with Gabe. Uh, last, I saw that yeah, last, right
2: right before we were leaving. Yes, yeah. I, I was
0: literally like walking out as you were grabbing him. So like last Tuesday, and I'll tell you what, I would I would not want to be the guy <laughs> yeah. in that in that moment, so. like because he kept pushing me up against the wall, and I was like. He's de- you can definitely tell this is something he's been working because like mm-hmm. there was just I knew exactly what he was doing and there was nothing I could do to stop it. Yeah, like incredibly strong, just really impressive.
2: Kind of how that blast double was like he just literally just ran through like just kind yeah. of
1: looked like that. Aspinall uh, Olafsky yeah. was just like yeah. good luck yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, big win. Like I said, second uh, amateur title for him. Um, he's just one of those guys, man. Where uh, I think we've all, you know, we've all been around at Gaha now. What, Brandon? You're like what seven, eight years? You've been yeah, long time. So that means me and John are probably like six, seven. We're about a year or two behind you. Um, it, it's just we've seen a lot of fighters come and go uh, through Gaha, and man, Gabe. I mean, Jaden as well. Um, but Gabe is just one where. Um, like Jaden, it's like if if they just continue doing what they're doing and on the trajectory that mm-hmm. they're on, um, I, they're, they're definitely named that you're going to hear about in a big promotion soon. I think this sport, man, it's just so, which I guess you, the same thing could be said for every sport because, um, again, we have seen so many people come and go, they'll fight once and then it's just like, oh, not really for me mm-hmm. or, you know, not everybody has aspirations of going as far as Gabe and Jaden want to go. Um, but, man, like to do that consistently year-round. There is no off-season like Mm -hmm. a lot of sports. You know, you just got to – it's a tough – Tough sport to just it has to be a tough sport to just want to get up for every single day Mm. three times a year. Well, you don't
1: have scheduled opportunities like other sports either, where you have like a all right, I know I'm going to play every Sunday, you know, you might get hurt, you might have to try to last minute squeeze in, like it's a a grind. And we've seen
2: people with all the talent in the world come through, man. But when it comes time to just doing the work, it just after a while, I think burnout's a real thing. So it remains to be seen for them. I mean, I have high hopes for both of them. Yeah, um, but even
1: seen um having to cut like what was it, like ten pounds? Um, I don't know. I'd seen uh, one of the coaches posted that he had to cut a lot in the um, in the hotel room via like hot tub and sitting in the sitting wrapped up in robes and stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just it's just got to just gotta be a
2: crazy grind. As long as like you said, as long as he continues, is willing to continue to put in the work that he has been. Uh, Gabe Gira is a name uh, that you will be hearing about. Eventually, I Mm -hmm. want to say very soon because he's he's still in his amateur career.
1: He did not Um, look like an amateur in that fight. No, no, that's so polished. Him and his opponent. Yeah,
2: it's just, yeah, he definitely did seem a bit above what we've seen in amateur fights for sure. Uh, So, big win for him. Uh, Congrats to him boys we're gonna get right into it we got picks to make for this saturday but before we do john rate sub follow let the people know what we need them to do each and every week
1: all right well wherever you guys are listening whether it be spotify or apple podcast you can leave us five stars um it helps us a lot pushes us in algorithms if you're on apple podcast you can leave us a review we just read one recently um we read them on here it helps us out a lot as well uh we love the feedback um social media neon belly podcast that's instagram that's uh youtube that's tiktok we're on x Um, and we're just really trying to especially that you know we talked about it last week but we're definitely trying to push the youtube heavy put some uh, clips on there so if you just want to catch certain sections our goal is to start putting more things on there to where you can find out about it
2: yeah, man, big week um in the clips department for mm-hmm. sure for us. Uh all you know, all of our social media uh getting getting a lot of views. We did surpass we we'll, so we'll, we asked yeah. for hundred subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> we did pass Came through hundred subscribers on YouTube. So appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um but anytime we get um a big week, uh yeah, you can slide over, Brandon. Just <laughs> grab those. yeah <laughs> They're for something in a minute. Uh anytime we get a big week, uh, for clips, we do see like an, an in uh, you know usually more people just find the podcast that way. So it is always cool. Again, just clicking that like, making sure you're sub- subscribed, making sure you're following. Um, it's always fun, man. And yeah, you know, trying to trying to weed through some of these jabronis on the internet can be <laughs> um, an interesting task, to yeah. say the least. I don't know. Did you see the whole um, what John Anik said?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I
2: don't know if you guys saw. He basically kind of went through and was just like. Basically said he just doesn't know essentially how much more he has since like kind of recounted and was like yeah. look I was just being a bit emotional, um, but uh, it is a tough space man um, you know you get people that are just so opinionated right and I think it's one thing to be opinionated but for some reason like guys who are, like, polarizing, like a Colby Covington or a Sean Strickland, right? Like, when you put content out about those guys and it's not praising them, they just breed a certain type of fan base – That, unfortunately, can be, like, a lot of times what you see, you know, not to get over-political, but, like, what you see in social media from people that are way far on the right, way far on the left. It's, like, usually the worst people are the loudest, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that rings true in a lot of times. And so, um, in this realm as well, of, like, um, I'm not saying you're a bad person if you're a Sean Strickland fan, by any means, or a Colby Covington. That's not at all what I'm insinuating. But they do... Uh, there is, they bring a certain type of fan. They, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where a small population of their fan base is really, <laughs> really, uh, I mean, not what you want to see, you know, I mean, yeah. it's hard to, I don't, like I said, cause I don't want to get like into the political crap of it. Cause I just, I can't it. well, it, it makes it
1: hard to interact right? with, you know, some of the stuff people say, um, because it's, it is a little, just more kind of blunt or over biased mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. And it also, you know, it's tough when people aren't necessarily catching the beginning or, or what we're actually trying to talk about. So then it's, you yeah, know, argumentative. They just like, and one
2: or two little things. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like, to look at that Drikus Duplassi and Sean Strickland fight and say that Strickland got robbed, which we saw a lot of this mm-hmm. week on our social media. It's like, dude, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy to insinuate that Strickland got robbed. And then a lot of people, we had some comments of people saying that he didn't take the belt from, like, you should have to take the belt from the champ. And it's like, dude, that's—I I understand understand like typically we have seen yeah that that's in a mixed martial arts it is a narrative fair enough uh, but there's nothing in the rules that states that <laughs> yeah. either i mean uh and we said last week like if they read sean shicklin's name it wouldn't have been that big mm-hmm. of a shock the fact they read ddp's name it wasn't that big of a shock to us it was just a close mixed martial arts fight so i would just say like don't let your fandom get so rooted and deep in one, like one guy in his eye mm-hmm. and not even You might not even be a fan of his fighting. You may just be more of a fan of his ideas and what a, a fighter says. Um, don't get so rooted in that man that you just miss the point of like what we're all here for. And that's like, we just love this sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's like, I would much rather see a close, good fight between two guys. And then at the end fans being like, boy, that was close, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, to me, that's, that's a fun narrative as well. Right. I mean, it's just rather than seeing an actual robbery Mm because then because then you're putting a stain on the sport as well of like bad a lot of bad decisions happen because of who this guy is and it's like dude that's not that's not what this sport is it's not you know it just doesn't even ring true um i don't know i didn't even have that in my notes it was just kind (laughs) of like one of those things like we had just got off on that for a second it was like it was a good it was good to get the interactions right but like dude Think about what you're watching here
1: yeah. like, and, and shout out to the people who come into the comments and tell people, Hey man, <laughs> you're going, you're wilding right now or something like that. Yeah. Like
2: so many people saying that Izzy, cause we said the clip was essentially last week where we talked about is, um, if you are the UFC, you do the Izzy fight hundred percent. And I, and first off the point of the clip and Brandon, you even specified it in the episode was, okay, so this is just, I'm the UFC. I'm taking my fandom out of it.
1: Yeah, and Dana that was, the, White. that what was, that was
2: the whole point of it. Um, and that, and, that, and that's kind of what I went back with a lot of people. We don't usually get in the comments a whole lot, um, but I felt the need to, because a lot of Strickland fans are also Colby Covington fans. Again, mm-hmm. they align, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, you can't look at like what Colby had done, a guy who... Uh, was zero two in title fights, and because because people were mad, we were saying you would give that fight to Izzy because it sells, it's a bigger fight, and everybody's like, oh well, Izzy's zero two or uh, went zero two in two thousand twenty three or something like that, or I everybody basically saying he's lost his t- his title. Yeah, he's twice lost his title twice. Yeah, is what everybody was essentially saying. Um, and it's like, yeah, so what? He's also the second most winningest middleweight <laughs> of all time. I mean, you can't deny what the guy's done. And John, you even brought up the point he's beat. Three of the top five twice, I think.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, it's like who else? You know, who else do you give them? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we just that that was like one of the ones that we just like we fielded that a lot this week, mm-hmm. and being like, dude, it's the same thing of why Colby got the shot over Bilal. Yeah, like Colby... 0-2 oh, in title fights, hadn't beaten act, came back and had not beaten an active top 15 welterweight, and still walked right into a title. Like mm-hmm. the same reason you give Colby Covington is the same reason you would give that fight to Israel Adesanya. It's a big fight mm-hmm. with a big name. It's gonna sell. Like it's just crazy. Like
1: yeah, it's the gift and the curse of having more eyes and more views. And, and you're it's gonna not to, have people on there. And
2: it's not to say that we don't agree with that. Like I mean, look, we've we've talked about that before. Is like you know that it is the unfortunate thing if sometimes they do just go with what's bigger than what's. Mm-hmm makes mm-hmm. sense and but i still think izzy is bigger and makes sense right. i mean <laughs> just to me he's like i don't know who else you i would think
1: it, especially for ddp right like they have the whole build up and mm-hmm. people were even arguing about hamzat yeah saying he doesn't deserve it
2: yeah and it's like well dude go back to when dane hamzat was promised a title <laughs> shot like yeah. literally that was going into that fight with kamaru fair enough he's not a real 85er um dana said the winner was gonna get a title shot so yeah. it's just like yeah, I don't know. Some man. people just, well, just don't think,
1: watch fights, man. That's cool.
2: Well, I think they just forget. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's very very much of a what have you done for me lately. All right, we're off on that <laughs> tangent, boys. Sorry. Uh, we are going to get into it this Saturday, boys, uh, February 23rd, live from the UFC Apex with a main card start time of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, we have a middleweight title fight. Uh, excuse me, I just messed it up.
1: Definitely Here. not title fight.
2: It's not a title fight. Excuse me on that. <laughs> I hit the wrong thing there.
1: Ron Burgundy but yeah, a big Ron fight in general yeah,
2: I, that wasn't even my thing I wasn't Ron Burgundy I just hit the wrong thing we have <laughs> a middleweight main event between two top 15 middleweights mm-hmm. number eight Roman Dolidze versus number 11 Nazardine Imavov uh, let us first look at Roman Dolidze boys who hasn't fought since March of last year where he lost a three-round unanimous decision to Marvin Vittori. He had a couple fights canceled last year as he was scheduled to face Derek Brunson, who then left the UFC, uh, and was then scheduled to face Jared Cannonier in December, who tore his ACL in the lead-up to that fight. Um, so kind of like just had a bit of a rough run of luck there for Roman Delizze in terms of opponents falling out. Uh, before that loss to Vittori, though, Delizze was on a four-fight win streak and currently holds a 6-2 and two record in the UFC. His opponent, the French daggy Nazardini Mavov, comes in on a bit of a tough 2023. Uh, He kicked off last year by losing to Sean Strickland in January. And then in July, he faced uh, Strickland's teammate, Chris Curtis, where the fight was canceled uh, or called off, excuse me, uh, due to a no contest after an accidental clash of heads left Curtis unable to see or continue the fight. Uh, Prior to his shortcomings in 2023, though, he was riding a three-fight win streak. And starting to kind of look like a future contender, and I think that's kind of the story here. Uh, for both guys mm-hmm. coming into this is they both are looking to get back into the win column and kind of start a new run here to the title. Um, maybe looking to get into that, you know, kind of top five range, you know, for our next future opponent. Uh, but we will begin our picks here with Brandon, who it is worth mentioning through three weeks has yet to be able to claw his way out of a negative deficit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, Brandon, who you got?
0: I got Roman Dolidze in this fight. Um, and it wasn't easy coming to this decision. Like I was telling you earlier, Nate. Like this between this and the Conan, I spent a lot of time kind of racking my brain of where I lean. And there's not a super like ton separating these two. I mean, I think that so Roman to me, I think has a slight edge on the ground. I'll say. I'm not specifically talking about wrestling. I'm saying on the ground. And I think on the feet, man. I I you'd have to go to with um, Nazarene in my opinion, but. Overall, I'm going to take Roman. Um, I just think that his ability— He lost that fight with Vittori, and he shot, I think, one time. I think he had one takedown attempt in that fight. He ended up losing the the stand-up to Vittori. Mm Mm-hmm. I think if he gets back to his grappling ways in this fight, he is all capable, completely capable of, of winning this fight over Imabov. So I'm going to take Roman Delize here. I'm going to say unanimous decision because I don't think either of these guys is going to finish the other, to be honest. Um, but he has to get it to the ground. If it stays on the feet, um, I think Nazardine is going to probably take it. So I'm going to take Roman Delize. I'll say unanimous decision.
2: All yeah, I agree. Man. This was, we were just talking about it. This was a really hard fight for me to pick for because I just think these guys match, match up so well against each other. It's going to be very interesting to see whose style kind of wins out here. Um, and I will be honest, I am not extremely confident in either direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just have to put that out there. Uh, but also, something I didn't mention in the rundown that I will add um, is Dolize will be Mavov's third consecutive extreme couture opponent, obviously, having fought Strickland and Curtis back to back. And Dolize, does train at least part-time at Extreme Couture as well. Um, So that is something to look at because, you know, I do think, you know, Though all three men are very different fighters, it's a huge asset to Dolize to train with guys and coaches who are at this point very familiar you know, with Imavov. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my pick, I think I'm actually going to go the other way, and I'm going to choose Nazardine Imavov to get it done, and for many reasons. Um, one being, um, I don't think Dolize's striking is diverse enough to beat a guy as technical and on the level as Imavov. Um, Dolize does his best work when he's kind of charging forward, throwing mm-hmm. bombs, but he tends to be a bit of of a headhunter, and um, I just think he doesn't mix enough, mix it up enough for me to really threaten a guy like Imavov, who I think. To beat, you do need to come forward, kind of keep him on his heels like Strickland did, uh, but you just have to you have to mix it up and go to the body and use leg kicks and things. And you know, remember Strickland was kind of like teeping at his uh, body there a little bit, mm-hmm. quite a bit, you know. And I think you need those kind of like mixing it up. Um, now, I did see Dolizze, uh working some muay thai on his ieg, um, so it will be interesting to see if he shows off some kind of new weapons in there, maybe from that Vittori fight. realize that was something that needed fixed, um, but we just haven't seen it through his UFC career. I'm also looking at the fact that Olite has never been five rounds. And Imavov did go five rounds against Strickland. It wasn't the prettiest, but he got through it and he got that experience. And you can see from that fight how tough that can be on a guy who's never been there before because he was pretty tired. Mm -hmm. By the end of that Strickland fight, Um, and I think lastly just neither of these guys has been finished on the feet Um, which is where I see this fight playing out and probably has the best chance to be finished for both guys Um, but I could honestly just see a five round kind of chess match here And I just think based off kind of what we've seen i'd have to give imavov the advantage in a fight like that Um, so I do like it to go to a unanimous decision and as I said, I will take nazardine imavov to get that done
1: Yeah, man, this is um this is an interesting fight, you know, I, I think that you kind of have to lean into a little bit of, you know, a couple of previous fights to kind of really, I mean, with the Marvin Vittori, I mean, nobody knocks out Marvin Vittori. So it didn't matter how much Roman, I mean, all the top class guys in the division haven't been able to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Um, And when that's a problem, and like you said, when you are a headhunter and you can't knock somebody out, it makes it really difficult unless you're constantly just dribbling their head over and over. Mm -hmm. And Marvin Vittori was able to get a lot of his own striking off as well. And I do agree. I think that Nazardine is um, a class ahead of Marvin with his striking and um, he should find some of those same openings. Um, with Roman, I kind of lean toward like the Hermanson fight as well as his ability to control, um, his creativity to control at one point, having like a, what was it, like a calf slicer and working. Yeah, he
2: got to the back through that calf slicer. Dolizé has some really good jiu jitsu and yeah. he's really good off of his back as well. I think he hit a, it was either in that fight or he's done in other ones. He's kind of done like a pendulum sweep. Was in that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, dude, he that's, and that is, that's not easy to do in jiu jitsu. I couldn't imagine doing it in mixed martial arts you know where you really it, you can't hold on to gloves right like that's illegal right um so really controlling that risk man yeah that's not a, that can't be easy to do
1: and, and i think that you know i think the ufc's kind of showed their hand a little bit about how they feel about roman for these people who they have tried to book him with and it hasn't yeah. you know i think they took from that vittori fight that you know maybe a less durable guy goes out with some of those things and um obviously with nazarene having the you know, experience against Strickland, who was previously the champ and is, is really great as well. Um, I think that they're about the same in so many areas, but I do like Roman's ability on the ground to create um, really great scrambles and control opportunities. Uh, I do like the, the unanimous decision pick, but I'm going to take Roman Dolize by third round sub. I think he can get crafty. Um, he's definitely going to have to, you know, shoot more, like, you know, what Brandon had said and kind of utilize maybe some more clinch and cage work. But I do think that he's very creative down there. And I think that although Nazarene's only been submitted once, I think that Roman Dolize could do that as well.
2: All righty, boys. With that, let us move. To the co-main event uh, Where we have another Top 15 showdown This one in the lightweight division As number 13 Hinato Moicano Takes on number 15 Drew Dober um, And let us lead with Money Moicano boys <laughs> Who is returning For the first time Drop my phone uh, Since uh, First time in 14 months uh, That fight back in November of 2022 He defeated Oh god thank you Brandon
1: Sorry <laughs> He defeated
2: <laughs> that night, back in November of 2022, he defeated Brad Riddell by first round rear naked choke and was then scheduled to face Armand Sarukian in April of last year, but injured his knee in the lead up to that bout. Um, the injury... Um, is what obviously led to such a long layoff for Moicano. Uh, Moicano moved to lightweight back in 2020 and since then has gone three and two with those only losses being to RDA and Rafael Faiziv. Um, So he will be happy to know he isn't facing another Rafael this Hmm. Saturday, but he will be taking on the number 15 ranked Drew Dover, who is coming in off his TKO win over Ricky Glenn back in October. He is four and one in his last five. Um, the lone loss being a first round TKO to Matt Frivola back at UFC 288 last May. Who do you guys like here? Money Moicano or the always entertaining Drew Dober. Brandon, we will always probably this year lead with you.
0: (laughs) Maybe so. Um, I'm going to take Drew Dober here. So this, this fight for me, I was really looking at a lot of the intangibles. And what I mean by that is the injury, the time off. And then for both these guys, the chin. So like my, one of my bigger knocks against Moicano is just his chin. Like he's been hit before he's been cracked. He's been finished in that way. Um, I, i think that anytime i see a guy who spends a year away doing an injury i'm questioning what they're going to look like when they come back and if you come back and your opponent is drew dober that's a tough you know that's a tough return after a layoff like that obviously morcano has got the edge in grappling um against dober like i can't take that and i tend to favor grapplers so this is kind of a off pick for me going with dober but i just think that dober obviously can crack he's got a good chin and he's got decent grappling it's not the best obviously um if, if Moicano gets a hold of him, he's going to have a rough night. But I do believe in Dober's ability to and in, in p- uh, potential to finish Moicano in this fight. Um, so I'm actually going to take Drew Dober by second-round knockout.
2: Alrighty. Uh, yeah, a Drew Dober fight is always a tough fight to pick for because um, he is capable of knocking out anybody in this division, including Hinato Moicano. Uh, but I have to go with Money Moicano in this fight. And I'm going with him because... I'm just so impressed with the evolution and progress um, that he's made in his striking game. And it's something to me that continues to look better every time we see him. Um, And I know I've said this. Kind of made this comparison before And I'm by no means saying that he's on this level yet I say this every time so don't freak out on me (laughs) Uh, But the strides that he's making In the stand up really reminds me of the same Leap we saw Charles Oliveira take at one point In his career and in similar fashion um, We saw it when Oliveira Came from featherweight um, where he was Killing himself like Moicano was to make That 145 pound division and then improved At lightweight like Moicano has Mm -hmm. Um, Again um, He isn't there yet but I think we are seeing A similar evolution in the stand up uh, for Moicano, uh, his com- combinations are just so clean. Um, he has really, really strong, snappy jab um, that he can use. And kind of keep and manage the distance against a guy like Dober, I think. He's gotten really good at throwing those standing knees down the middle, which, again, I think could be utilized against a shorter opponent in Dober. Um, And it's also a no-brainer. He's the better man on the mat. You know, don't let this guy get your back. Uh, Mm. Ten finishes by rear naked choke. And if you're doing the math at home, of his 17 professional victories, ten have come by submission, meaning every submission (laughs) finish on his record has come from that back mount position. That, my friends, is what you call elite. Um, and I think uh, he also has some really underrated takedowns as well, especially from the body lock position. Um, so, yeah, I just think he's all around just a tough matchup for Dober. But, again, Dober's power, it's equalizing. If he lands that left hand, it's night-night. Like, I'm not – I get it. Um, and Dober, is Brandon kind of mentioned, not easy to finish on the feet either. Um and how many times have we seen Drew Dober getting teed up earlier in a fight? And then it only takes one and the fight's mm-hmm. over. You know, I know, like, the Terrence McKinney yeah. and uh, Bobby oh, Green, yeah. those two fights come as great exa- come to mind immediately as great mm-hmm. examples of that. Um, so if I'm Moicano, probably not looking to even play with Dober on the feet here. Um, I think he, you know, should get this fight down where I think, again, he's just elite. Look for the finish. So I will go Moicano by second round sub.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, this one is... Um, It's interesting because the reasons why I might like one person, there's another reason why, you know, the reasons why I'm kind of held back on wanting to fully go in on them is there with the other guy. So with Moicano, he gets hit you know he mm-hmm. does get hit but i will say when you go back and watch that rda fight he has so much heart and so much put i mean last minute being able to push through that and make that a fight late like that was a lot of grit that he showed
2: in the rda like I, and like that guy you brought that up because like the rda is a bit of a stain but important context is like he took that fight super last minute yeah. and not only took it last minute but i mean you could tell if you go watch it again like even physically he was not <laughs> no. in the greatest of shape and gave rda all he could handle uh and in a last minute. So I know that, you know, that's kind of like the little stain on his record right now, but context is important.
1: But he's, he's taking shots from a lightweight who fights well, right. You know? Um, and I think he really, you know, pushed through that and that kind of, kind of gave him a little bit of a legend. That's when he started picking up a little bit, especially on social media, started getting a little bit behind him. Um, and I think with drew Dober, there is always that left, but you know, he has been submitted before. Um, he seems to kind of struggle once he gets to a certain point as far as trying to break through a ceiling, Um, And I think Moicano is tough enough to get to um, some good positions. I do agree with the striking. I would love to pick him to get his first KO in here, but Drew Dober has a cinder block on his shoulders, and I don't know if that happens. Um, But I do think that he can connect, um, maybe even get some scrambles uh if he can get drew to you know you know we've seen drew get hit before and then come back but if Drew drops on his knees or something like you said the chokes there and we know he if he gets him, if he gets onto that that it's going to go so i'm going to take money moicano as well i will say a third round sub i think he can wear down a little bit and uh, eventually sink one in
2: yeah it's just again it's like i don't I, as far as like risk assessment i don't even know why strike with drew Dober. like even if you <laughs> think you're the better striker like fair enough but like dude there's just way too many examples there i mean like yeah. i said go watch that bobby green and terrence mckinnon you're like I, how I think, did he win this well
0: i think that's one of the skills i guess if you could call it a skill set one of the things with Dober, he has he has this ability to kind of draw guys into that firefight yeah. a little bit and like he'll the guys will start teeing off and guys will get comfortable Like, hey, i'm hitting this guy like i'm yeah, having a good little, big head, little run here <laughs> well, and then let's like you said, next thing you know, you are breaking up, and it's like, what just happened? And I think
2: it's because the stri- like, as far as like striking defense, it's just not great for Dober, and so maybe like he just kind of almost is like, it's not like willing to take one to give one, right? And I think he, you know, he's definitely been knocked out, flatlined there mm-hmm. by Frivola, but mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, he does have that way of like making guys maybe just feel like they're ahead and like, oh, I'm really getting, and then man, it's just that that left hand is just
1: lethal. Dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and when you see somebody with such a big discrepancy in another area, you know you start threatening stuff, start making him think about other things. And like you said, Moicano's been putting together better combos. Maybe he does get his first KO here, but yeah. it's just hard to to give anybody a, a hundred percent confidence of knocking Drew Dober out because I think you could hit him with a baseball bat and he'd probably get back up.
2: All ten submission victories by rear naked choke—that's wild. Yeah, I wonder if there's any other fighter. Uh, on the UFC roster, who has like every submission victory? I mean, like obviously, if you have one or two submission victories. well, I think the...
1: Ronda's was probably all armbar, right? Maybe I don't know. That's just it's real. That's real. But like,
2: look how elite Ronda's armbar. Yeah, is. I mean, that's just crazy to have it. Um, something that you know, leader that you're that good. Who's
1: at. that dude on um the Ultimate Fighter who kept on doing that type of guillotine, but it was like a modified.
2: Oh, uh, the guy from Alaska yeah. with the long hair. I almost said Michael Chiesa. Was it wasn't. It was uh Cody. Oh, what well, that's was his Cody, life? but I can't I, remember his last. What was his name. last name? I almost want to say like McKinney.
1: Was it the Pretzel Grip? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah.
2: But he, he was he was from a he was from he was from Alaska. He hit
1: like five or six of them in a row.
2: Oh my gosh, that is gonna I can see his face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had like the long kind of. Like like Maddie, curly hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. But I know what you're talking about. Uh, also on this card, boys, a great fight. Randy Brown versus Muslim Ooh. Salikov. Uh, you also have Viviani Ataujo versus Natalia Silva. Natalia Silva um, really emerging as a, a bright, bright young prospect mm-hmm. there. Uh, the meatball, Molly McCann quietly returning here. Um against uh, Deanna Belbita. And here's what I like about this fight is it's on the undercard. This is what we said after the last Molly fight, right? Like, regardless of what you want to say about Molly, like, okay, whatever. But a lot of the responsibility of what was happening to Molly also fell on the UFC's mm-hmm. shoulders of putting her in really unnecessarily big spots. So here she is just kind of in the middle of the prelims, quietly returning. This is what Molly needs. Um, and I think is to really get her career back where, I mean, Dude, we did not need to see her on a main card. Didn't mm-hmm. they throw her on a main event or something wild there one time? Who was her last Blanchfield? fight? Blanchfield? Co-main. co-main. Was,
1: it, was that her last the, fight? The, no, uh, but I think Blanchfield was no, her last, like,
0: big no, fight. She, yeah, but she, we she, didn't know. At the time, I don't think we knew who Blanchfield was, really. No, I we didn't know who
2: Blanchfield was. At that it point? Was, yeah, it was crazy for them to give her that. Uh, her last fight was, uh, oh, gosh, yeah, Julie yeah, Just, I just Stor- seen it. I was set, like, you take it. <laughs> yeah, um, but she was, like, a co-main event in that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just... I'm just, I'm glad that she's getting, like, again, you know, a mm-hmm. really, really good spot on a card to just get her career going uh, again. So, yep, that is all we Hopefully have.
1: Hopefully, they uh, keep the mic away from Chuck Buffalo on the top Oh, yeah. Of the Charlie main
2: Raddick. Yeah. Charlie Raddick's on this card as well. Who's he fighting? Oh. Uh,
1: Gilbert your Urbina.
2: Urbina, yep. Gilbert Urbina. That's going to be a good fight. Mm. Um, so yep, that is it, boys, for this Saturday's UFC fight night. And with that, John, we will get to two truths and a lie. Take hey, it away. Here's your board.
1: Oh, do we need them? I mean, you're gonna have to write. There's three options, so you have to. You just write like A, B, or C, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will just say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, basically, how this is going to work is I have eight fighters, and I put out three. Um put three statements in it two of them are going to be truth one of them is going to be a lie um i try not to make it too gotcha like oh he has seven knockouts but it's really six um but it's kind of just you guys are going to deduct what's more likely that they could have done so to start it out for the female mma two truths and a lie (laughs) misha tate is our first fighter we're going to talk about here uh the first statement is a has double the amount of career wins by submission than by ko B, excluding herself, she's fought every women's Bantamweight champion. Or C, has the most submission attempts in women's Bantamweight history.
2: What was the first one?
1: The first one has double the amount of career wins by submission than by KO. B, excluding herself, she's fought every Bantamweight champion. Uh, and then C, has the most submission attempts in women's Bantamweight history.
2: Okay, I know which one's a why.
1: I think it's A or
0: C. So how are we doing this? Are we just going to say what we think it is? Yeah.
2: Three, two, go. A. I think it's A as well.
1: A is a truth. Oh. Ooh. She hasn't fought Juliana Pena yet, and that's the only other women's band and weight champion oh. she hasn't fought. Oh, man, I forgot Good about that. Good point. Pena. She's fought everyone but her. Good uh-huh. um, But I was tw- – she has 12 submission attempts, which is the most in band and women's history, which sometimes when you watch fights, you feel like you see, like, three a fight. So it's kind of weird when you see that number out yeah. loud. Yeah. All right, so our second one, just talked about her, uh, Molly McCann, the meatball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the statements are, A, has more Instagram followers than Valentina Shevchenko. B, has the most fight night bonuses in women's flyweight history. Or C, has never won a fight by submission. So oh. A, is more Instagram followers than Valentina. B, is, has the most fight night bonuses in women's flyweight history. Or C, has never won a fight by submission. Okay.
0: I'm going to say B is the lie. Yeah, that was my guess, B.
1: That's a fact as well. She has three fight night bonuses, and it's the most in flyweight history. Three? Yeah. Is the most? A is the lie. She only has 500K followers, and Valentina has 2.1 mil. So That's actually surprising. I actually thought
2: Molly would have had more.
1: That's why I threw it in there, because I was like, man, I know she's so polarizing, but Valentina has like a whole... uh, region around her so yeah that's true too (laughs) Um, but yeah has three three fight night bonuses um my guess is a lot of those valentina fights where there's also other really good fights on the card that that really threw me off and she's never won by submission yeah okay so right now we have zero points on the board (laughs) for the fellas uh that's okay we got still got plenty left to go our number three fighter is going to be bryce mitchell and for bryce mitchell we have a has the highest striking accuracy significant strike accuracy in featherweight history B, has the most top position time in featherweight history. Or C, has zero wins by KO. Bryce Mitchell. So, A, highest significant strike accuracy in featherweight history. B, most top time position in featherweight history. Or C, has zero wins by KO. A. I'll say C. Both of you are also wrong again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean,
2: these are really hard, dude. Like, I thought they were going to be like, has like five dogs. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> These are all like statistic base and it's just like well, a not, wild I mean, guess. But what it is,
1: it's like what's more likely to be true.
2: Yeah, I just don't really follow like what's B? record holders. Yeah, what was B again?
1: B was the most top position time. He That's doesn't have that. Darren Elkins has that. Almost mm. two hours. Uh, but he does have the highest strike accuracy. But I put it in there because you'd think obviously, you know, there's no way he has the highest striking accuracy, but he just doesn't throw as much. Sure. Um, but he has zero wins by KO as well. Darren Elkins with over an hour and a half, number one. Uh number 4, Khalil Roundtree. Um A has the most KO wins by an active light heavyweight. B is a self-proclaimed fan of beatdown hardcore music where he enjoys moshing and spinning kicks in the pit. Or C in his current 5-fight win streak all of came by a finish. A. Yeah, A. A is true. He has 13 right now, and he's all-time, only one behind Chuck Liddell and Shogun. Yeah, there's
2: just no way anybody knows these facts. Like, was
1: it B? <laughs> the, the lie No, was, B is true. I no, know the B. lie no. is C. He had a split right. decision yeah, with Dustin Yeah, I knew, I knew
2: B was true. He's into that, like, hardcore <laughs> stuff. See, that's the kind of stuff I thought this was going to be, like, fighter
1: information. Like. But like, but what are the chances that you'd think that he'd have them? I mean, that's what I'm saying. The I KOs, don't know. Like, nobody knows. You, you just got to think about the fighters, man. I Jeez. Mean, I just don't follow, like, just, record books and stuff i'm sorry I'm, but it's like a probability though what's the probability that he I has the most knock be like,
2: has been on bbc late night talk mm, show which one has a like, poodle like, yeah.
1: I don't know. next we have sean brady
2: I, I just like wouldn't be surprised if either of us don't score in this
1: well, i have a a, a ot a 30 30% chance yeah i have an ot question that somebody will have to get right, all right i guess all right, fair enough. uh next we have sean brady um so a is has as many career wins by finish as he does decision B, has competed in two Fury Pro grappling events and won both matches. Or C, has the highest active takedown accuracy. Okay, I know B is true. Yeah, B is true. So it's A or C. And I forget what A was. What was A? A was, has as many career wins by finish as he does decision. And then C was, has the highest active takedown accuracy in welterweight. I'll say that's the Uh, Yeah, me too. That is true. That's the lie. So both of you get a point. Uh, he's fourth behind Gunnar Nelson, Vicente Luque, and Michael Chiesa. So. Yeah, too
2: many takedown guys in that uh, welterweight division. But
1: he has eight career finishes and eight decisions Yeah. For the first one. Uh, this one will be a little bit easier, I guess, for you guys that are casuals. Uh, tie to Avasa. Uh, statement A, has never won a fight by decision. Statement B, has more knockout wins than Sergei Pavlovich in the UFC. Or C, has 11 siblings. A.
2: Say what was A again?
1: A has never won a fight by decision. B has more knockout wins than Sergey Pavlovich in the UFC or C has 11 siblings.
2: Mm. Which this one is, is the lie? Mm. I'll say C is the lie. Siblings.
1: Would you say Brandon? A. A is the lie. He has won one fight by decision. He does have 11 siblings. I um it was early but he had, does have one by decision so now it's what two one yeah all right so we're going into seven we got two more and then a, a a ot question if we need it so the next person we're going to talk about is anthony fluffy hernandez and um this one is you're probably not going to like it either but we're just going to go with it <laughs> statement a is he's the active leader in current strike accuracy in middleweight division Uh, B is a black belt in jiu-jitsu or C his pre UFC in pre UFC. He defeated Brendan Allen to become the LFA welter middleweight champion. I think B so a I know C is true. A has the highest striking accuracy in the middleweight B is a black belt in jiu-jitsu or C pre-fight defeated Brendan Allen to become the middleweight champion. Which one is the lie?
2: Oh, I know which one's lie, which one go ahead. Yeah, B the lie. Yep. He's, he was a blue belt when he beat uh, mm-hmm. Adolfo Villar. Yeah. That was a big deal.
1: He's, he's yeah. a brown belt currently per wiki. I couldn't find anything else on that. But yeah, he. Uh, I thought the Brendan Allen thing was interesting um, for the LFA. And he is. The, I knew that one. And he is the most uh, accurate, significant striker yeah. in middleweight currently. So it's 3 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. This is the last fighter. And then if we have to go to the sudden death, we can. The last one is Marlon Chitovera. So. Uh, statement a is all of his pro fights have been at weight statement b is he has the most submission attempts in weight history and statement c is he's fought at least once a year since he started his professional career in 2010 to date
0: <laughs> i have no clue i'm gonna go with b
1: <laughs> what was b b is has the most submission attempts in weight history a was all of his fights have been at weight and c was He's Fought at least once a year since he made his pro debut in 2012. Well, I gotta go opposite
2: Brandon, so I'm gonna say A. Yeah, I don't think this is the lie.
1: No way he's throwing up that many submissions. A is the lie. Yeah, yeah. we're <laughs>
2: back, baby. We're going to sudden death.
1: <laughs> he had two fights at Featherweight and two at Catchweight. One of his Featherweight was Sonya Dong, actually. I didn't realize that they fought at Featherweight, dude.
2: It is just so rare, too. Like, I probably genuinely would have picked that one because it's just so rare today, like mixed martial arts, for somebody to literally fight. Every fight at one weight class. Mm-hmm. Everybody usually is fought up or down. I mean, except for like heavyweights, obviously, like mm-hmm. people who like physically just could never make a smaller uh, weight class. But yeah, that, I probably would have picked that one regardless. Yeah, but he has
1: a uh, 16 submission attempts, putting in the most, in. and then wild. what threw that's me- the most, and you said in bantamweight history. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I don't know exactly what they constitute as an attempt. Maybe if you're holding it for a little bit, Just or, you're actually having one locked up. Yeah, or I'm just thinking like of all the people at bantamweight. I would think
0: that. Somebody yeah, but dude, would.
2: think about bantamweight. It's like a very like it's been like a strikers.
0: Dillashaw, Cruz. Like, yeah, Cruise. like Cruz, like even like.
2: I mean, Aljo. Sanhagen
0: I, like. I would have thought maybe Aljo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like even Sandhagen to me, like he th- he throws up a bunch of submissions.
1: You know what? I wanted to put yeah. Sandhagen, but he just didn't have very much you know, out there as far yeah. as like wanted to mix in some of the stat stuff. But I, I was blown away by since 2010, he's fought at least once a year up to date. Like, yeah. you usually don't see that with guys, especially with injury. So, we're tied up. Yes. 3-3. So, our overtime question. Uh, UFC 257 featured fights with Poirier against McGregor and Chandler versus Dan Hooker. Since that card, who has the most wins? Between who? Between Dan Hooker, uh, Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, and Dustin Poirier. I know my answer. Hang on. Let me think for a second. Since that fight, so not including that night, right? Yeah, not including that night. Since 257. I know my answer. Who has the most wins? I know the answer. And if you guys tie, my only other tiebreaker <laughs> is to say his record. I'm since. Pretty, then. pretty sure it's Hooker.
2: It's Dan Hooker.
1: Yeah, you're both right. Yeah, I knew it was Dan Hooker. <laughs> so here's a chance if, if either one of you can guess what his record is since then.
2: Oh, since then, yeah. Um, so he
1: has the most, um, the most wins out of all four of those guys. But can you guess his record since then? Mm, uh, I'd say three and one.
2: I was gonna say three and two.
1: Three and two. Nate got it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lose. <laughs> I can't lose. Since that, Dustin, uh, Dan Hooker has three wins. Dustin has two. Chandler has one. And Connor has zero.
0: Ice in the veins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I and feel like you just
0: switched to two because I started with one. No. Oh, you <laughs> came him. I to like, I haven't wrote it down. I instantly
2: like uh, went through. Like That's how I knew it was Dan Hooker. Uh, instantly man. knew what it was. Nice. Now, if, if you would ask for his. When you said since then, I was like, I've got this. Mm-hmm. If you would ask. I thought you were asking his overall record. I was like, oh, oh God, no, no. I don't no, even no, no, know no. that. <laughs> Oh, no. Brandon! <laughs> I can't lose at these. I'm telling you, man. Uh, when it's been me and Brandon, I don't think he's ever beat me.
0: Probably not because I was like, <laughs> I was ready to just go off, and then that right, that just last Injected second into my made up bait. question. <laughs> I
1: can't.
2: I love it. John, that ended up being great at the end. Yeah,
1: I do what I can. <laughs> I think
2: me and Brandon made it great by the end. <laughs>
1: I mean, if, if that OT question wasn't so great. We well, you had
0: to go into like extra, like you you went into like extra time for beyond that because even that question didn't, yeah. didn't get it done. I had
1: to do double because I have a feeling you guys would probably stink it up a little bit yeah. maybe tie oh, up. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did, for sure. John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. going on news. going on the news. Mm. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. This past Tuesday, we got some big news and a fresh topic of women's band and as it was announced that not only has the UFC signed former PFL star Kayla Harrison, but she will be making her UFC debut at UFC 300 against former champion Holly Holm. Yeah. Uh, I think um, the, the CEO of PFL came out and said that they wanted to make the um, cyborg fight happen. And they yeah. said, you know, Kayla Harrison chose otherwise for them to announce a a debut as well it feels like that they've obviously they've been making this talk for a long time we've talked about you know what what's up with amanda you think maybe do they offer her that first but this is a a huge chance for one for holly home to kind of get her name back into the the upper levels but for kayla harrison to prove that you know she's really um up on that same level
0: yeah, I think the fight itself is fantastic, too. Yeah. Like I think back when we, like, a while ago when we were entertaining the idea of her coming to the UFC and, like, potential matchups, I'm, I'm pretty sure we all mentioned home at some point. Mm-hmm. Like That just made a lot of sense. We and I did. Think,
2: that's what's so funny about
0: it. Yeah, and I, I just think that it rings true. And so it'll be really fun to see how it, how it kind of goes when she's transitioned over. And it's a good addition to the card. That's, a, that's cool, too, to see that get thrown in there. She's like a 5-to-1
2: favorite, Kayla Harrison is right now, which I find to be wild. Wild, because... And I actually need to get in and throw some money on Holly now.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Because, dude, like, I'll be honest. And, like, um, I I saw, um, like, uh, Kenny Florian brought it up on the Anakin Florian podcast this week. But, like, dude, Holly's done this to a judo star and Holly uh, Ronda Rousey before. But even aside from that, like, what we've talked about before is, like, she is a nightmare matchup for Kayla Harrison. Really good takedown defense, phenomenal striker. Um, mm-hmm. She's big, she's strong. I mean, dude, she's not going to be an easy fight. Not a five to one favorite. I said I, I can understand Kayla Harrison being a favorite right now today. Like that's not shocking. But dude, five to one. Like yeah, dude, I'll take those odds. Well, we're you? also like, not
1: mentioning the weight class.
2: Yeah, she's got a cut. So I guess she, t- Dana said that she did like two practice cuts, so they don't have any concern, but.
0: I what's, mean What's the weight What's it at what weight? 135
1: it's a, Has he ever She, she fights at 55 no. 55 <laughs> she's, she's, never, come, no. she's never She comp- She competed at 170 She's coming I mean, down She did judo Yeah
2: she's coming down 20 pounds I mean she's got a lot Of muscle gotta line that. Um, Yeah no dude That's a lot of weight To cut I mean so here's my thing Like to test cut To do it Great that's fine But then to go out there In front of a live crowd At a UFC event In a major A major UFC event And perform Against another World class athlete Um Um, That dude, that is not easy. And
1: walking away from a promotion where you were the superstar, like you were part of their whole superstar pay per view package. Well, she was a
2: superstar, but dude, like, I mean, look at like Larissa Pacheco. Mm -hmm. I mean, a a lady that just hit like a truck, and like Kayla Harrison just had no answer for it, man. I mean, it's, um, I I don't understand those odds to me. Again, I I could see Kayla still being favorite, you know, just because of the credentials, the accolades. I mean, she has achieved a lot. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not underselling and saying like Kayla, I'm not even saying I'm not going to pick Kayla in that fight uh, when it comes time for us making our picks but um yeah dude that's 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 wild those odds to me are pretty crazy yeah.
1: well and shortly after the announcement um uh, cyborg reached out yeah. to Dane and said yeah. let's do me and amanda two on the same card um yeah go ahead. well i'm just gonna say it it seems like i don't know maybe pfl is kind of up in the air as what they want to do with cyborg she's been doing boxing matches and stuff like that outside of that but I mean, Amanda has, you know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, we were talking after the Buno Silva and Pennington yep. fight, like what is this division going to look like? You know, it, it's, it's a it little bit on somebody. the fritz.
2: Well, that's that's what I was going to bring up. Like it needs somebody, and here you have the potential at least to in, inject some big stars into it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, dude, what a win it would be for Holly. But then, I mean, I don't even know what you do with Kayla from there because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably thinking, like, you beat Holly, bang on title shot after that. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I mean – I don't know that they would do Amanda first. I mean, it's it's interesting, but I mean, if you are if you're looking at the top of the women's 135 pound division in six eight months, let's say, and Amanda Nunez is back, they've re-signed Cyborg, Kayla Harrison's there, <laughs> Juliana Pena's there, Biggest. Raquel Pennington. I mean, dude, that's a big that's a big boost for the hundred. Yeah. And, and credit to the UFC for going out and getting Kayla Harrison because if Kayla Harrison or if Nunes comes back if cyborg comes back it's because of kayla Harris. they're chasing kayla harrison yeah. right so that's big and even like Sha, i said uh i saw sean sheehan said uh something that it was a great point is um think about what the ufc is doing right now i mean to sign michael venom page and kayla harrison um, this isn't something going out and getting big name prospects isn't something the UFC I feel like has done in a while.
1: Not um, since the I, trade for Askren. And- I think they're just
2: feeling maybe a little. I mean, they'll they'll play cool about it, but they have to be feeling some pressure from this PFL Bellator thing of like we need to start taking stars from them now. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's why we're seeing Michael Venom Page now, Kayla Harrison, and who knows who follows. Um, Patchy mix, please. Um, I <laughs> yeah. you know uh, Jarrett Jarrett Jackson or, uh, uh, is that, yeah, Jarrett Jackson. Yeah. I mean, who knows who follows? We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, yeah, it's that to me show is a direct sign. Number one, that they're probably feeling a little bit of heat, a little bit of pressure to do something big. Um, but that we could also maybe expect to see, because think about when like patchy mix, um, uh, didn't his contract just come up, and so did uh, AJ McKee's? Mm-hmm. And it's like they kind of kicked the tires on it. The UFC did, and it's just like, yeah, we don't really need you. And to be fair, they probably didn't at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like, you need all the stars you can get now. Yeah. Um, but we kind of saw it at the end of Strike Force. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, UFC started poaching a World lot of series
1: like, of fighting. Yeah,
2: like Hector Lombard came over from Strike. Like once, once these companies were close to the end, UFC kind of, or you know, they kind of. Not when they were close to the end, but I think they got to the end because UFC yeah. started picking off talent. Um, so it will be interesting to see if we see more big name signings in the next year.
1: Yeah, and you know, you know, you have to control the narrative when we talk about like card of the year because we talked about once we read off the Bellator PFL champion card, it's like yeah. it's going to be tough to beat that. And it's, then now, yeah, three hundred is starting to to really take a form um, as it seems to be the norm for the past couple of weeks. We also have more UFC three hundred fights to announce. Uh, Jessica Andrade will be meeting Marina Rodriguez as well as Sadiq Youssef and our boy Diego Lopez. Um, I think with Andrade being added on, I think they said they're up to like 12 former champions on this card, and it's like the most ever. Yeah. Um, and then as we still are short of a main event for UFC 300 Saturday night, Connor did throw up a tweet saying McGregor on 300 seals the deal, to which Chandler responded, uh, I accept, see you soon. So if Chandler and Conor are, are the main event of UFC 300, would you think that's the UFC making good on its promise to make it such a fulfilled event?
2: Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. I mean, if, here's the thing. If Conor McGregor's on 300, it's it's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's massive. Um, I think Dana was quoted this week in saying the main event is getting announced very soon and that it's going to blow people's minds, I think, was something to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, to be fair, I, I mean, UFC 300 is a good card so far. I'm excited yeah. for it. Um, I just don't know who's left that you can really blow our minds with. We know it's yeah. not Jones, you know, um, unless they've convinced stipe to fight aspinall um which i think aspinall said he was just offered stipe and stipe said no um so unless it's something like that i don't know who else it can be other than conor mcgregor and i know i think oh
1: go
0: ahead i was just gonna ask and you can finish your point i just want to know who do we have like for sure bang on main card like do you have those in front Um, of you
1: no but it's gaichi in holloway for sure um yang Nan and and Wei Li. Li um i know you have I can uh pull it up real quick go ahead uh is it and calvin K- uh, oh yeah okay Cater. this is main card
2: so right now confirmed i i don't think they've separated like they haven't, they haven't said. said main card no. or
0: prelim or no but right
2: now it's xiongway versus Sean chow now justin gaethje max holloway charles Oliveira, armand sarukian That's yuri mean. prohoshka alexander rakic Calvin Cater, Al Sterling, Bo Nickel, Cody Brundage, Davison Figueredo, Cody Garbrandt, Holly Holm, Kayla Harrison, Sadiq Yousef, Diego Lopes, uh, Jessica Andrade, Marina Rodriguez, and Bobby Green, Jim Miller. I mean, dude, that yeah. I mean, become And people are literally crying, like, saying this mm-hmm. isn't good enough. I mean, that in and of itself could be it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I, I don't know what more, I, I mean, Sure, like maybe you, it,
0: you throw Conor on top of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe,
2: I'm I'm sure. So, so here's like the only other. So I was thinking like, OK, who else could it be? Because I, I love Leon versus Bilal. I don't know if it's going to be on 300, but I don't think that's the one that's going to blow people's minds. Only because I think we all already know that's that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, drekus's manager said this week drekus is available for 300 if they want him. Uh, We talked about last week, you know, I said, don't count on that, but money talks, Mm -hmm. um, which is probably the the angle that they're going to take. You pay us, we'll be there type thing. Maybe it's Dreykus versus Izzy. That would be big. Don't know that it would really blow our minds, but I would be excited for that. It's a big fight. But like, I know we talked, I think it was John had kind of like started the idea back when we were doing our like 300 predictions, but dude there is nothing stopping the UFC from starting a 165 pound division yeah, <laughs> and doing Conor McGregor because you could literally put anybody, if you're starting a division that no doesn't exist, nobody's in that division. You in theory can put whoever you want
1: yeah, in no, that title, fight, no rankings, so. including
2: Conor McGregor <laughs> and Michael Chandler. Why are like I, that? That's mm-hmm. my only thing. Like to this point is like, why aren't we doing something like that? Because nothing is stopping the UFC from doing that other than maybe, I don't know why, just not wanting to add another division. Maybe they're worried about depleting the like a lot of guys moving up and then nobody's going to want to fight at 55. But my thing is, who cares? Because you're just going to add more fighters. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't want a bigger roster, right? That's more people to pay. I understand that as well. Um, but man, I, if they do something, I think it's if it's something like that, that's mind-blowing like that's like kind of what dane is hinting at for me like that would be the thing where i'd be like okay now that's big Mm. (laughs) i did
1: see something get floated on i think it was instagram and i don't know that it could happen just because i don't see this guy coming back down but somebody brought up alex trying to come back down and double champ and go against ddp at middleweight Mm, i mean maybe is that is that something that would blow your mind trying to double champ
2: it would excite me it's it i'd be fine i'd be fun but like Part of the problem is like Dana. He keeps saying things like it's gonna blow everybody. Like you, what he's saying is kind of making it feel, and then people are feeling feel, feeling underwhelmed. Even though I just ran through that car, and I'm like, I'm even forgetting how many yeah. people. Yeah. Are well, At on one that point, card. we were that's very crazy. concerned.
1: was like, what are they gonna do? And they yeah. pulled some some big stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem like Dana. You know, we have a buddy named Q that would always hit us up like, Hey man, I got some big news. I'm finna call y'all. <laughs> and it would be just like, Hey man, you know, my car's fixed. And it's like, that's yeah. that's great. But yeah. I didn't know that I was. I mean, I, I was expecting maybe something a little bit different. So yeah. uh, I, I will be interested to see what they do with it. But um, with Connor originally saying, you know, they blew me off of 300 and now saying kind of it's back on and definitely, you know, that there's talks that are talks there for that. Sure. Um, a couple other small fight announcements by way of injury replacements with uh, Ikram Alaskarov being out against Fluffy Hernandez at 298. Fluffy will now be facing another raising, uh, rising name in the middleweight division in Roman Kapilov. Uh, worth noting, they had been booked before, but the fight was fell through for injury. And also, with Dominique Reyes out for his matchup in UFC Atlantic City against Carlos Olberg, Olberg's new opponent will now be Alonzo Minifield. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good to see both of those guys staying on the cards they're on, just because, you know, the, you know we're big fans of Fluffy as well, but uh, Roman Kopulov and him is going to be a, a great matchup. And then with Olberg, we're just excited to see him get some more sure. uh, reps. Uh, one championships, their 165 card in Tokyo wrapped up shortly before we recorded... Uh, Some notable winners on that. Cade Rotolo won by decision. Uh, He had a rematch against uh, Tommy, I don't remember how to say his last name, Longgocker? Oh,
2: Longgocker, yeah. Yeah,
1: um, he won by decision. Shinya Aoki was supposed to be fighting Sage Northcutt for Aoki's um, retirement fight. One hour before the fight, Sage dropped out of the fight, later stating on social media that two of his cornermen had a last-minute visa issues and were heading back to the U.S., One offered to help by giving Sage a world champion jujitsu coach as a replacement. But Sage said not having his coaches who he trained with for the whole camp while uh, competing against arguably one of the world's greatest MMA submission artists of all time wasn't the best thing for him. So on an hour's notice, steps in hands of stone John Lineker to fight Aoki in an open open weight fight. Um, So I think... I think Shinye was 155 or 65, and then Lineker was 155. Uh, Lineker did end up losing uh, by first-round submission to Shinye for his uh, fight, but... Step up in an hour, dude. It's, it's not stones. It's not hands of stone. It might be balls of stone because yeah. that dude just—that was awesome. He's just that see. type of guy. And then also, uh, Gary Tonin winning by first round sub as well. So, yeah. uh, and I, the main event is it super? You say is it super leak? Is that how you pronounce his name? The L-E-K. Yeah. Super uh, he, like super leak. He yeah. won by decision, so a big big card Superlek. for them. Is it
2: super lek? I I can't remember how they. Pronounce I never it. remember it. Yeah, I know. Um, what you're
1: talking about, though. And then lastly, just wanted to bring up something that has been a little bit of a hot-button topic. Eric Hawani tweeting out that the California State Athletic Commission and Chairman of the Rules Committee for Association of Boxing Commissions and Combative Sports Mixed Martial Arts are working on a better way to define what constitutes a grounded opponent. Mm-hmm. The committee features uh, multiple referees, judges, as well as representatives from different regions, ringside physicians, etc. Uh, the current language states that you can't knee or kick up a kick the head of a grounded opponent. A grounded is currently being described as anything other than the soles of the feet bearing weight. And the proposed revision of the language, it would constitute that a grounded opponent is, any part of their body besides their hands and feet comes in contact with the canvas. Yeah. So a shin, a knee, forearms.
2: I, yeah, bring it on, please. Yeah. I, I think I told you guys, like, the best thing to do right now is just remove this position from the sport. Uh, so if you don't know what John's saying there, it's the same position that basically got uh, Pyotr Jan disqualified against Aljo. Um, the one Mwagame. last week with... Um, oh. um,
0: uh, Mavzar,
2: Ivloyov, and uh, Arnold Allen. It's that one where you're kind of the guy's on his feet, but he's bent over when his hands are on the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, what the rule change will do is say that that you're you can be need, yeah. So, and I just say that, like, yeah, eliminate like we talked about with the Evloyov, Arnold Allen last night or last week is just eliminate that position, mm-hmm. like no more of this. Is he down? Isn't he down? Am I pulling his hands up? Am I dragging? You know, like it's just so silly. I would just much rather see this change come into effect mm-hmm. where you have to have a knee or an elbow down to be considered grounded.
0: The only thing I'll say is if you think about the Arnold Allen position, right, in that fight, it could be hard as a fighter to tell if they're down. So it's, there's going to be a lot of onus on the referees to look at the position and really call out he's down or, or not. Um, just I don't think it'll be hard if you have to be on an elbow. I mean, I think it takes
2: the subjectivity out of it. Yeah, it's
0: going to have to be forearm it's or in, elbow. Yeah. And then, but you're, like, if yeah, you have sure. someone in front headlock and your head is flush to their back, how do you know where their knee's at? Oh, I see. Yeah. Like you,
2: if, I see. You don't know if they're
0: or their so, elbow. Like,
2: so like dude like and I know mixed martial arts is so much different than like professional football or any other sport. But like think about like when a wide receiver lines up, what do they always do? They look at the ref, they eh, am I onside. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're in that position, the onus will be on the fighter if you really want to knee is illegal. Like you might just have to find the ref and say is illegal. Does that suck? Yeah, maybe, but
1: especially if like right after the, the knee touches or something, and you throw it because you think it's there. Yeah, it's just
2: but we just it's gonna eliminate that.
0: It's be- it's better. I don't want to make it seem like I'm like ragging on it. It's it's. I get it's what you're better. saying. That's a real
2: thing. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it. Of yeah, if you're not able to physically see if he's down on his knees, hopefully you would be able to tell. Like because obviously if the butt's in the air, you know he's not on his knees. The elbow thing that could be tough, but. Um, in the heat of the moment, I feel like
0: the elbow is a little more obvious. Like, if someone's on their
1: elbows, you're pretty low, but if their yeah. hand's touching, it d- doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. as long
0: as you're they're,
1: I don't know. I think I th- what could get interesting is when you're like defending stuff and you're maybe lifted up a little bit, whether your elbows are yeah. touching or not. But
2: I say, I think with the knees, though, the same could be said of like if somebody's butt's in the air, they're obviously not on their knees
0: mm-hmm. or on a knee. We're going to test this out Tuesday. We
2: can. That's fair.
1: <laughs> well, and, and you know, it kind of. We'll, g- we'll play a game.
2: I'll bend <laughs> over. You you, yeah. you tell me if I'm on my
1: knees or not. <laughs> (laughs) it kind of bridges that gap between with like a one where knees are legal. Yeah. um, And then obviously now we're getting a little bit closer to something to where it's like there's clear definitive things there. Yeah.
2: No, I agree. I like it. I hope it happens. Like just take that position out altogether.
1: Mm. And it's good to see them. uh, Well, it's not
2: going to take the position out, but take the controversy that comes in that position and just allow guys to knee. Yeah. At that point.
1: Well, and I think we kind of have to applaud the UFC a little bit is like seeing these situations that happen in fights that kind of ruin them, whether it's, you know, giving more time for like an eye poke type of thing or yeah. even with this where it's like, you know, fights are kind of getting messed up from some of these. Well,
2: dude, and the good thing too is like if 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 fighters in that position still want to like play the game, so to speak, um, you're going to have to drop down to your knees or your forearms, and that is not a good position to be in if somebody stinks. So you're really going to have to decide... Or make a move there mm-hmm. rather than play the up down up down or like mm-hmm. I mean I, that's what I like about it like mm-hmm. and if you want to if you want to concede that position you're gonna be in a rough because if you're on your knees and somebody's like in that front headlock position you're probably gonna get guillotined. This, like, yeah. <laughs> and this
0: this is not universal. This is just specific to California, California, California but, but I, they kind of lead the way. Yes,
2: everybody typically follows suit at least in North America most of the but time. But as we know, like with that yeah, last fight, is, yeah, is yeah, there's
1: well and not even some people in, might not adapt things. Quick. and
2: i don't even know if it's all of canada just in ontario or whatever wherever toronto mm-hmm. there that providence that toronto's in so so
1: it's also going to be you know teams are going to have to make sure they keep up on which regions have you know right. which stuff until things get fully um uniform but yeah it's a step in the right direction
2: absolutely is that all we got yep Alrighty. uh song of the week brandon what do you got for us
1: oh yeah all right give me one second i'll make sure i get the name right <laughs>
0: can't wait for this. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a special one for you guys. It's mumbo oh,
1: number five. <laughs> what is it? Mumbo Mumbo number five? Who let okay. The, who
0: let the dogs out? All right, are you guys ready for this? Yeah. So not only was this a special request by one of our loyal listeners, but it's also number one oh on the iTunes chart right now, <laughs> and it is your guys' favorite rapper, okay. Tom McDonald. Featuring, oh, fe- hang on, is. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is the best part. Featuring, oh. featuring the one and only Ben Shapiro. And the name of the song is called Facts. Brandon, that is our song of the week.
2: I feel like this is your idea.
0: Slightly, yeah. slightly. Like I'm not mad at all. Do you I know get, the words yet? I know the. What do you call it? The chorus, like oh, the main yeah. part. I mean, that's pretty easy. Oh. That's, but that's more than one listen, though.
2: I really hope we can't find this song. <laughs> oh, you'll
0: find it. It's, <laughs> it's number one on iTunes. Uh, yeah. Nick, yeah. Nicki Minaj has been talking about it. Pl- tons of people have been talking about it. I didn't see it till this morning. Like I said, I got the, the special request. Are you
1: uh, very familiar with Tom McDonald's like, no, catalog?
0: No, but ba- judging by this song, I got a pretty good grasp of probably what it's like. Oh,
1: this There's no, there's no
0: like, I, I, I listened to it once. I didn't hear any profanity or anything like that. Right, so we'll see,
2: we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. I'm not gonna say no. I I haven't heard it.
1: Okay. Luckily, Fair. last week they got. I'm just know, saying, Tom McDonald.
2: Tom McDonald is one of my trigger
1: words. That's all <laughs> I'm saying.
2: So. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just that saying. makes a lot he's of like sense. He's
1: like the Sean Strickland of uh, hip hop. So. Yep, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, he's just my trigger word. So I'm sorry. Like I just, I won't, I won't kind will listen to it. Uh, <laughs> John, what is your one for the people?
1: I just want to
0: double. Or actually, c- Brandon first. Yeah, oh, okay, it's only, sorry. Uh, I've kind of, I've kind of got two. So, uh, one is uh apparently there's some potential that they found Amelia Earhart's plane. I think that's really cool. Mm. They've, they've got some imaging out uh, in the ocean. Um, I mean, that's like where Bermuda, the, dude. Yeah, is it in Bermuda. Just on Hawaii? the seabed. No, I don't remember which one. It's just on the on the seabed. Like the imaging is very like it's just kind of like so much. But there's that, and then the second oh, thing... I
2: don't know how I feel about that. About the plane? Yeah, because it's like, how? I mean, we'll see...
0: Well it's uh, it's not I want to be clear, it's not confirmed that it's hers. It's just they've taken the sonar imaging, they have an outline of the plane and it looks like the one she flew based on the outline. There's there's no like specific pictures or anything like that.
2: Let me say this. If we found Amelia Earhart's plane and we can't find Malaysia flight (laughs) sensor,
1: I will lose my mind. We don't know who killed Biggie yet. Like, come
0: on. (laughs) The ocean is deep.
2: Where's our Wilt Chamberlain hundred and one point video? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the second thing is I don't care what Nate says, that the new Roadhouse movie looks entertaining mm. i'm excited about it
2: hey i just asked a are you super you're
1: gonna get on 4k blu-ray i just asked
2: <laughs> it, look brandon sent us the trailer all i asked is are you wearing your affliction or your american and Vibe what did shirt? i tell
1: you tap out that's right
2: so that's right yeah. hey that's fine man are you gonna wear a bandana
1: uh, probably not. I don't All think I right. can pull that off. Is it going to become your like? I watch it before, yeah, before work every morning. Probably before you, the podcast.
2: Chain, chain. You're going to go chain jean wallet or uh, chain wallet for mm-hmm. the jeans, maybe like a
1: silver go. one, silver yeah. chain. Yeah, not yeah. a gold one. Start going to Texas Roadhouse. Did I, a lot. Say, I like, went there last night. You're going to wear like seven. character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you really go
2: to Texas Roadhouse?
1: No, we went. We okay. were going to, Day and there price? was a oh, two-hour wait, so we went to Half Moon.
2: All right, that's a better choice, anyways.
1: John, what you want for the people? I just want to double down on what you were saying earlier about just appreciating people commenting on yeah. stuff and liking stuff. Uh, and that's on all platforms, you know? Yeah. Um, we hadn't been as big on YouTube as far as posting full clips other than just the shorts, but we're getting into that now. We're getting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, regardless of what we say, keep commenting, keep liking, even yeah. thumbs it down. I don't care. Just I, uh, I don't
2: have any problems disagree. Like, if you have a different, like we were talking about it this week, is like I totally respect people's... Um, Opinions because we're not Mm -hmm. right We're just fans like everybody else giving our Opinions like we're not right I don't think I'm But like as long as you come with like some Legit like knowledge Of like you're not just saying like Oh, you stupid virgins! Yeah, you soy boys. I you do. Don't know I do appreciate eating.
1: the people that call all three of us fat.
2: <laughs> yeah, including Brandon, call us <laughs> these <laughs> three fat guys. I'm
1: like, well, the fact we, that Brandon's those, in there, I'm okay with that. All we right. get
2: those comments very few and far between. For the mo, and that's the thing too. Like, for the most part, people are pretty like yeah. fun to engage, even if they disagree um
1: a lot of times they'll message just afterwards like hey man you know it's great talking with somebody because some people are just begging for people to talk to about ufc because they might not live around people who care and we are
2: here to talk about it all day long as long as you come with like some sense and like i mean again we don't have to agree you can tell me why i'm wrong right um but as long as it's like not something like
1: something sensible
2: yeah, yo, your soy boy tears, it's Ver- a virgin between. tears. Just like, trying
0: to genuinely talk about something right. and, and like maybe disagreeing and being passionate about it versus just trying to like R- kind of get a reaction or
2: right. something. And, and just to echo or another thing to add to that is like with the YouTube stuff, like even if you listen to the podcast, because we don't upload the full episodes yet, um, just because that's a lot of more work, <laughs> like that'd just yeah. be a lot of work and. Um, If you could just go, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, just click subscribe for us. Again, even if you're not going to watch it. And then, you know, if you catch the videos, like just clicking thumbs up on them and stuff, that'll just help us as well Mm -hmm. um, as we're continuing to try to grow that. So definitely want to echo that. My one for the people, I actually have something fun. So... Um, a bit of like, remember when we used to do the fight pantries, which is something I want to bring back, by the Mm. way, fight pantries will be back. I've already been looking at some stuff.
1: Boston baked beans.
2: So Ash got this candy, these candy bars. Um, I'd have to, I wish I would have got the full story. She told me, but guys, I don't, I don't remember much. Uh, it kind of goes in and out of my head. (laughs) So these are made in Indiana. I believe, Mm. um, this lady at work gave them to her. Uh, they're called Hammond's. Mm. Hammond's chocolate bars. um, And I want you guys to taste test these. Do not chew into your mics, John. Um, We are going to start, though. The first one... How do you want
1: me to get the flavor if I'm not...
2: Well... Jump, jump, just jump, move jump, your mic away uh, <laughs> chew with your mouth closed jump, jump, jump. you can get flavor with your mouth closed first one you guys this is a chocolate bar for the people listening is called pigs and taters
1: <laughs> so, are these
0: half eaten do you have huh? bacon are in these and like you? half eaten like you guys have tried them
2: yeah we've tried them but they're not like I, I, I'm i not giving you I just take a sorry just take a square Brandon, <laughs> Brandon lean up and take a square I already, I already pre-squared you so go ahead, boys, with the pigs and taters, Hammond's Chocolate Bar. <laughs> the pigs come in quick. The pig comes in quick. Comes in hot. Josh's <laughs> <laughs> instantly was pretty good. It's uh, – I almost threw up when I tried this one because I instantly thought those like bacon things that you give your dog because <laughs> yeah. they taste like the, they taste like how those things smell.
0: Not a fan. N- yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Maybe you'll be this one. The tater seems like a, like a, just a potato chip. Yeah. It's, and I can do chocolate. It, so it's supposed
2: to, it's, so it's supposed to have, it has not supposed, it has bacon bits and potato chips in mm. it. Bacon? Bacon, yeah, begging it tastes be- more like bacon. Yeah, <laughs> if we're being honest, and it may be bacon. The next one is chicken and waffles. Oh,
0: bring it up. I'm still scared.
1: I have love we chicken the, and waffles. Have we had the Lay's though. chips that are chicken and waffle?
2: uh no, I have not. This is chicken and waffles. Oh, uh, going in. John's going in first for the chicken and waffles. Um, yeah, <laughs> not what you're probably thinking really peppery yeah. <laughs> it was like too much for me i couldn't do it
0: so leading with the bacon one made this second one way better
2: oh I think, really i think
0: ta- like this one it, was definitely the better of the two yeah i think that's what it is but yeah over two for me did yeah
1: you, did you partial bite the first one or the second one the first one. Oh, so <laughs> you <laughs> want the rest of it no 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 i just went i just went full boy i think that Second one got a little chicken bouillon in it or something, man. You got a little a like little. the aftertaste. Yeah, I know. The chicken comes in quick. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's like you know the uh, the the noodles packs like yeah. the chicken and beef. It got a little bit of that chicken in there.
2: I it was like I I started chewing it and like some of the bites were like different than others like. Like a lot of pepper, yeah. Um, and it was a little too peppery for me.
1: And can you imagine just pulling up to the store? Ooh, you know what I really want? <laughs> I wanted want them pigs pigs and taters.
2: <laughs>
1: Do that pig? The the bacon came in hot.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Immediately.
2: Yeah.
1: Like so, you could you could have tricked me and like put a piece of bacon on the underside of it, and when I popped it in, it like oh gosh, I wasn't ready for that.
2: I'm sure Hammonds has got some, some really good flavors. Some other really good ones. For some reason, these were the ones that were purchased. Again, I don't
1: Some people have little um little flavors they like like that, I guess.
0: You know who's who's uh, like that? My brother Brian. He'll eat those like gross Harry Potter jelly beans and he oh, thinks they're good. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll be eating like dirt and he's like, oh, it's not bad, man. He's Kinda. one of those
1: people that'll have like the ranch soda or like the bacon soda. I got yeah. I need that for the ooh, steak dinner. Ooh, 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 <laughs> it's ketchup pop. All mm.
2: Alrighty boys, that's all we got. Real quick though, before we go uh, we are 10 minutes 15 minutes away from kickoff for the first uh playoff championship uh divisional championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll just go around Brandon, are you taking the Ravens or the Chiefs?
0: Is this who do I want to win or who do I think's going to win?
2: Who, both or who do you think's going to win? It's not about who you want <sighs> yeah, to like you got to pick
0: one. Mm-hmm. Who wins? I think the Ravens pulled off, man. I th- I think I think it'll be the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's really good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, I'm I want Lamar Jackson to get this after the off season he had and uh, they have uh, Kyle Hampton from Notre Dame plays on yeah. the Ravens, so I kinda just kinda do that when I go. yeah,
2: I'm going I'm going um I'm going Baltimore as well. I think I think they've looked one of the strongest teams. Like mm-hmm. the Chiefs have looked a little I've had, you know, a little question. They've been winning games with
1: defense and that's never been a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely going Chiefs. Plus Roquan Smith, former bear. I'd love to see him get to a Super Bowl. I think there's a Taylor Swift effect. Like what are we talking about uh, here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
1: they know. They do the swag surfing?
2: Yeah. Next game, <laughs> Detroit versus the Niners. Brandon, who you think
0: Niners are really good. Um, but I'm just really pulling for the Lions. Uh, I think I want them to go. They've never won a Super Bowl. They've never been in the Super Bowl. So I just think that'd be awesome. And like in theory, the way I look at it, they shouldn't even be here. So I'm just yeah. pulling for them. Nothing to lose. Go for it. Um, definitely a true beating. underdog. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: sometimes uh and obviously we've talked about the whole football thing with you, but sometimes when your team loses to a certain team, you just want them to win so that you lost to the best team. Mm-hmm. so do you feel that way here you're just gonna stick with the no alliance yeah. I, want, I think that's cool I like I, i'm games. just ready for dan campbell's post fight uh i think he's one of the funniest uh coaches and he's just really really into it um and you know i, I like even jared goff kind of getting rode off and getting a chance back in here but the 49ers are just so tough dude if, especially if debo samuel plays i think that uh the 49ers probably pull that off
2: yeah, I'm going. I'm definitely going. Uh, 49ers as well. Uh, hate the Lions as the <laughs> NFC North rival to the Chicago Bears, um, and I think it's even sad. I'm pretty sure we did beat them this year. Um, mm. That would that almost makes it suck even more. So I can't even use the like, well, we lost to the best. Yeah because um, we, we, be- we were so bad that we beat them and still <laughs> were that
1: bad. Well, so. if we go two years in a row, we beat the Chiefs last year, and then they won. We beat yeah. the Ravens this year. so
2: Yeah, and the last thing I need, again, is to feel that more separation between the Bears and any other team in the NFC. Yeah, especially board.
1: with the Packers showing up a little bit better, yeah, too. Yeah, so. I, I can't
2: do it, so... <laughs> Uh, go 49ers. Yeah, I, I think we see a Baltimore. <laughs> Niners game. I'm predicting a Baltimore-San Francisco Super Bowl, which That's means good. it's probably going to be the Chiefs versus the Lions, yeah. <laughs> if I had to guess. So, righty, boys. Come back next week. We will recap uh, Roman Dolite versus Nazardini Mavov, um, and then we do have another fight night next week. Jack Hermanson versus Be Like Joe Piper. We'll get you guys set up with our... I'm never. P- I am never, never going to talk. I ain't never going to talk over that. <laughs> you can't. 3,000? Uh, we'll get you guys set up with picks and predictions for next week's fight night as well. Until yeah. then, peace.
1: This aftertaste is horrible. Yeah. I'm hurting right now. I can come. it.